Welcome back to the show. This is Casting Us Podcast, and I am one of your hosts. I am the magnanimous Pastor Will Harley, and I am joined here with the always dapper Pastor Dave Rudat. Not only am I here, I also have a public service announcement, and that is don't brush your teeth with your right hand. Use a toothbrush. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> This is how we're going to start. <laughs> dapper, dapper. Very dapper, very dapper. As we have an opportunity to start our show today, we do welcome you as we, we have a chance to once again uh, sort of infest your eardrums with uh, our voices and have an opportunity to talk about things that uh, we hope are going to be important to you as they are important to us and topics that we we feel are, are things that the world needs to contend with and, and the world needs to kind of deal with before... Uh, um, the, the Lord comes back to take us to be in heaven. So um, I think our topic for today is, is kind of a fun topic, um, and that is just eight top reasons for divorce. <laughs> That's a fun <laughs> topic. I mean, some people say, well, I want to like engage in sports and something that doesn't mean anything at all. That's fun. I want to go outside and exercise because that it, it, I'm engaging in God's creation. That's fun. But for Pastor Will Harley, fun is talking about why people get divorced. Well, I mean, I don't want to talk about, you know, encouraging people to get a divorce. <laughs> I, I think, though, that it's it's a fun thing to talk about, you know, the reasons that we convince ourselves that divorce is okay. Um, and I and I think uh, uh, that is a worthwhile topic because we live in a world where we try to convince ourselves of a whole heck of a lot. And not really none of it is very good. So, <laughs> um, so, before so it's we, worthwhile. It is I'll, worthwhile. I'll agree that it's worthwhile. But and fun. Fun. <laughs> Fun. Well, well, we'll let our listener decide at the end of the podcast if they say this was a fun thing to, for me to listen to, or whether this was a worthwhile thing for me. To Anytime to. joining together with you, brother, is a fun, fun time. <laughs> fun time and worthwhile <laughs> and worthwhile. And so, well, that might be pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> In this podcast, uh, we certainly uh, meant this to be mean this to be a beginning of a conversation and not the end. And so, we encourage you to reach out to us if there's something that we say. Um, and that offends you, except for my dad jokes. Dad jokes, you can just look at me and groan, and you don't even have to have a conversation. You would just just roll your eyes, come up to me and roll your eyes, and I'll know exactly uh, wh- why you're doing that. Um, but it is meant to be a, a, con- a continuing of a conversation. So if there's something that we're talking about that you want clarification on or something that uh, just rubs you the wrong way, we encourage you to reach out to us. You can talk to us in person at St. John and Maribel, or you can talk to us in person at Emmanuel and surely, uh, Will Harley's in Maribel, and I'm in Shirley. And you can also surely reach out to you us. Surely, you are not. Surely, I'm in Shirley. Uh, surely, you know where that is. And um, anyway, <laughs> he's laughing at that one. Um, anyway, you can reach out to us by email, castingnetspod at gmail.com. We have a Facebook as well. We've got uh, a various presence on the social media. LinkedIn is one of the uh, ways that, we're, that you can go to the LinkedIn and, and find me there. So there are plenty of opportunities for you to engage. You are also free to go listen to something else, listen to another podcast and say, 
I was okay with uh, Will Harley and Dave Rudat up to a certain point, and then I just had it had it moved to the next one, and that you don't hurt our feelings. Um, but this is meant to be a continuing of a conversation or a start of a conversation, not the end of a conversation. And so, let's without further ado, let's get into our topic. you like princess bride if you like princess bride there you go that's yeah princess bride is one of those oft-quoted uh, movies that uh, cult classics that really uh, came to prominence in the rental stage of its development rather than in its th- theatrical stage of its development it is it is release. a classic it's a classic it is good and it talks about marriage <laughs> as you wish will Harley. as you wish <laughs> Uh, today's topic, of course, is is really about marriage, and <clears throat> I'm I'll just come right out of the gate and just say that I think marriage is one of the greatest gifts that God has given to His created things, um, outside of the gift of of His Son Jesus Christ um, and salvation through Him. But in the created world, when God created all things in creation, one of the greatest gifts that that God gave to mankind is. Marriage and and if you're in catechism and if you're uh, have gone through catechism or pretty much at any point been in in a church, you probably have heard um, that marriage was intended for three specific reasons, right? Um, and and each different denomination maybe highlights a different reason, but they all contain the three different reasons that that uh, marriage is for companionship and marriage is for chastity or or for the practice of of um, coming together as husband and wife um, in a sexual way um, so that there and then also children would be the third. And then we would also follow that up, right, and say that, well, a marriage can be healthy and happy even if there aren't children that are blessed to it. And a marriage can be healthy and happy even though there may not be the opportunity um, because of illness or or injury um, to have the, the, the sexual component in it. Um, but I don't think that a marriage can be healthy and happy if it doesn't have the companionship portion of it, um, which was the, the, the really the focus of when God gave Adam Eve, right? He said, let us make a, a companion, a helper suitable for him. Um, and so, so that really companionship becomes this, this major focus, um, which leads us into the, the eight topics. Now, we, we got these eight topics from Fatherly, um, which is a, uh, a, a website that helps lead through, you know, give some it's for dads, for dads and family things. Um, and so, so yeah, so th- I, I really appreciate that you picked fatherly because if you're going to go on like some sort of like a good housekeeping website or a women's world website, you're it's, I, I, I tend to think that those kinds of articles that talk about marriages and why marriages fail would direct the accusation and the finger toward a certain gender in that marriage rather than uh, as f- I, th- I believe in the fatherly one, it it uh, is it points the finger at both genders. Well, and and I think this is that like I was gonna say, and and this is the point when it comes to if companionship is is one of the the 
you, you have to have companionship working in a marriage for the marriage to be everything that, it, that God intends it to be. Um, Fatherly does a very good job of listing eight topics that kind of erode the companionship away. And, and I think that's really where, where I think um, um, the problem with, uh, with marriages today, when a good marriage goes bad, is you're losing this companionship. And, and that's really what was hit first. Yeah, that's under attack. Yeah. And it bleeds into other things as well as for sex and also for children. It, it, it disrupts those two things. But companionship, you, I think that that's what I also appreciate about the article was just that a reminder of the uh, the target is on the companionship aspect of marriage uh, when it comes to Satan attacking it, when it comes to our sinful nature, rejecting it. Now, the, now, just to be fair um, to the article, it was it was not necessarily religious, so it does not blame Satan, and it does not blame the sinful nature. That's our uh, our take on it. Our take on it because we know of those things, and and the world does not know of those things. Um, but it 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 does hit the point that um, a couple of the the very first introductions to this whole topic was um, you know happily ever after takes a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's true because because growing together um, um, and having a companion that grows together takes work. It, it takes work. It takes uh, sweat. It takes giving of yourself um, to put into that. Um, and and when people I think find today that it's not just like a friendship, right? Um, that marriage isn't like the friendship where if you stop talking to them for for a year and then you talk with them again, it's like you pick up right where you left off. That's not how a marriage can work. Um, it, it's it's not like a roommate situation. Um, it's it's far deeper than that. When God says that that He puts us together and and you become a companion with each other, a, a helper. That is, I love that word that the Lord uses, suitable. Right. Um, that what does that mean? That means that the pieces that you are lacking, He now fills in. And, and there is a closeness there in this companionship um, that is deeper than just friendship. Um, uh, what would you equate it to? I, I And this is going to have my geek sort of show, um, but, you, you, you know, the, the fellowship of the ring, right, in Lord of the Rings. Um, they create it. It's more than a bond of friendship. It's, it's more than a, a bunch of guys traveling together. Um, this is a um, a bond that is 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 forged in the heat of everything uh, that life has to throw against them, and and they are now more than what what the world would say is is normal in our normal interactions. And and God puts us together with a few simple things: a ceremony, <laughs> promises, um, and and uh, His witness. So. Uh, and then, and then, unfortunately, in five years, twenty percent seem to go away. Yeah, and there's always that seven years. Sometimes I remember reading something about uh, after seven years. Sometimes every marriage, really, if you haven't hit it by year five, you, you'll hit it at year seven. I know my wife and I, uh, when we were married at year seven, that was one of those things where we had there were some things that we needed to work through. So, um, I, I it was I, all I, your fault, I'm it, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the finger was pointed both ways. Um, 
so yeah, it was just that whole that whole. I, I I'm not sure why that happens, and it wasn't that we had children that caused the disruption. It was just after seven years, we just needed to. There are some things that we needed to talk about. Well, you know, it's interesting that you that that you know this five to seven years. And what makes that interesting is um, today's society, and, and I don't think this this percentage trend would would date back back you know in the early 19th century um things of that nature this 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 i think this is really coming in in the in the climate of today where you know most people don't live in a house longer than five to ten years most people don't stay in a job longer than five years um they're switching jobs i mean the days of having people retire you know start a job work 45 years and then and then retire from that job um, are very, very few and far between. Um, and I wonder if that has its, has its, its connection to marriage that, that you get this itch, right? Where seven I, year itch. Yeah. yeah. Something has to change. Something ha this is too old. This is too comfortable. I, and I need to challenge myself. I need to, um, but I think those are signs. And like you had said, those are the warning signs of saying, okay, maybe something doesn't need to change. Maybe I need to start investing um or or things have to start I, yeah moving. like when you're first married there are some things you talk about and some things you don't talk about and and after seven years you have to talk about it you just can't just wait until later um i'm not saying that was the case for us but i was just thinking of thinking out loud how how nice it was for us when we got the seven to read an article that said you know every you know seven year itch the whole idea of uh, your marriage does hit some tensions after year seven or five to seven or whatever the, the whatever the length of time. And I, I appreciate your point about you know, how many how many of us have lived in the same place or in the same house for that period of time. But even still, in a marriage, you're committed for life, and uh, and so when you're you can't have everything hashed out before you get married. I mean, part of it is part of the journey along the way, and you can't push it off forever either you have to talk about certain things so the, the conversations need to be had and you and having adult conversations isn't easy it's it's difficult well and and i think you know before we get into the topics that that you know the idea where you said you can't hash out everything before you get married i think we live in a culture that really tries to do that by by condoning live-in relationships um they have those live-in relationships that say well you know let's test this before we get into it to see if this is workable but it's the, not a real test it's not a real test because when when you go to a live-in relationship you are not bound by the same and i'm going to use this not because i i'm saying that it's all law because marriage is not law although there is a section of law in marriage you don't have the consequences when you're living together um, without marriage, marriage brings a set of of consequences, just like the Garden of Eden, right? There is that you God places us in this wonderful thing in the Garden of Eden. He gives us a command. He says, "Don't eat," um, and if you do eat, here is the consequence. Um, marriage brings that too. He, you know, marriage gives this wonderful expression of a person who walks with you, grows with you, um, is a part of your life in such an intrinsic way. And then by doing that, it also, right, it also brings a set of consequences when that breaks. Um, if that breaks, there are things that happen. 
Um, you know, there is the, 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 the dividing of assets, of course. There is the, the financial burden that can come from that. But there's the emotional things that happen, that, that this very person who God has made one flesh now gets split apart and, and it, it carries some very lasting scars. Um, you don't get that in a living relationship. And so to say, well, we're going to play house and we're going to try this out isn't really going to work. Well, anytime you engage in sex outside of marriage, there is a cleaving that's going on. So there still is when you're when there's a breakup and you're engaging in sex, there still is because you've created you've been one with somebody and now you've you've moved on. And I think um, the repercussions of that need to be addressed and talked about that. This is uh, sex is meant to bring two people together. And if you're using that outside of marriage and then. Um, be frivolous with it, then that's also going to engage in consequences as well. That this is going to be harder on the individual than uh, God intended it to be. Oh, and I agree with you. But but I come back down to you know what are the three things that are contained within um, marriage, and it comes back. And yes, there are the ramifications in the in the sexual aspect, and there are sort are, are ramifications in the in the children aspect. But I don't think in a living relationship that the companion aspect is there to the to to the to the way that God creates it in the marriage bond and that's i think what really begins to to hurt because in a marriage bond like i said you can live without the kids you can live without the 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 sexual aspect but it's the companion aspect where they know you as well as you know yourself maybe even better um they know what buttons to push what not to put i mean there's such a connection there that that you don't get in any other relationship in any other time and and yes you're saying well i don't need marriage to make that happen you kind of do because because it is the willingness in that in that union to say i am i am confident to 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 claim us as together in front of everyone and and i'm confident to take on the world with you and i'm going to be here for you and i am investing in you my all and you're investing in me my all or your all and and now you are you are something as before you are just two entities who who tried to play at the something um and i think there is uh there is something more hurtful not saying there aren't any other ramifications when a living relationship breaks up, um, but I think when a marriage breaks, there's such con- there are there are there are greater consequences. Um, and I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from marriage because I, I, it's one of the greatest things that you can ever engage in. It's hard, but it's it's probably on this side of heaven one of the most rewarding things that you can engage in, um, as God has given us that gift. There is so much about our relationship with God that is there in marriage. The idea of, uh, I, I'm speaking as a husband, so you know, as a husband sacrificing for your wife and you're remembering yourself, remembering Christ's sacrifice for you, this is, and how he gives so freely of himself and the church responds in a positive way. Yeah, we're, yes, there's sin and all that stuff, but uh, just the, the the way that God intended it to be, that the church would respond in a positive way. How awesome that is when you are um, doing what's best for your wife and you're making that decision to uh, do certain things around the house or, hey, we're going to do a Bible study together. We're going to do the devotion. And nobody wants to do it. Kids are dragging their feet. Even even the wife is like, there's so many other things we could be doing. Well, let's just sit around the on the couches and just read God's word together or let's just pray together and 
you develop that habit and how much of a blessing that is and how close you get not just to your wife but also to your children because they're talking about spiritual things with you, uh, how difficult that is. But at the same time, um, I, I kind of lost my point, but uh, lost my way. Uh, but the the uh, when it comes to marriage and that companionship, there are there are pitfalls to avoid, and I really like the fatherly website. And let's let's go through those. I think we've had a, a big enough introduction. The first we have, one we have had a big enough, but, but we, man, you passed the ultimate question. The <laughs> ultimate question, because um, fatherly makes the comment. The father before he gets into his list of things. Yeah, I don't the, actually have that in front of me. Well, so see, that's, that's why you missed it. He <laughs> he he asks the or he makes the statement. Doesn't really ask the question. He just makes the statement that that he says that divorce, uh, the causes of divorce are varied and complex, and and I and I I really I I take. A little bit of a pushback on that, and say I don't, I don't think they're that complex, and I, I don't think they're that varied. <laughs> um, I, I, and 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 I want to hear your what your take is oh, on it first. Yeah, I, um, you asked me that question. Like this is a question I want to talk about, and my, my, my response is it's it's simple, simple nature. Why is it cause of divorce? Simple nature, but it's complex because a simple nature is creative, and. You you have to understand that the devil isn't going to say, well, there's no, there's one way to break up marriage, and I'm going to do that one way, and hopefully the church doesn't figure this out. I think the devil is creative, and our sinful nature is creative. It's a lot of times it's using the same thing and using the same formula, selfishness, um, which is a, a simple answer. But that selfishness can selfishness can manifest itself in many different ways. And and I agree with you. The, the the simple answer is sin, but I I would even boil it down to say that that they're not very that the the causes aren't even that varied. Um, we know in Scripture what are the the, the causes for divorce that that the the Lord gives for cause, and that is abuse. Um, that you would say that 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 would be a physical abuse, emotional abuse. Um, uh, would be it would be a part of that abandonment would be that, and then adultery. Right, but you could maybe even combine adultery and abandonment together, um, as they left the marriage bond. You're talking about <clears throat> legitimate reasons for divorce. I think this one is is the article is talking about illegitimate reasons why people get divorced, and that and 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 that and even with the legitimate reasons, the the, the what causes it, what what causes the the infidelity? Well, maybe it's communication. Maybe it is uh, she's spending more time with the kids than she's spending with him. Maybe it is, uh, so th- that's where the varied aspect comes in. It still is sinful nature, still is uh, selfishness. Uh, that is the, the root root cause, but it manifests itself in different ways. So but for, I think for, someone still... to say, for someone to say, well, you don't spend time with me, this is the reason why uh, we're getting into a divorce. Maybe it's something else as well. And I, and I, yeah, and I see that, but I, I would still say, you know, someone who starts focusing on their children and instead of their, their spouse, um, that's a form of abandonment. <clears throat> You're starting to lead towards that because that's where it's going to culminate, right? Um, and we can talk about it as we go yeah, through. It's an erosion of the companionship. So yes, however yes. that happens is is varied, but the main cause of it is selfishness. All right. So now that we have we have decided to fight that one out, um, <laughs> that's not a and fight. And I win. Ding ding ding. <laughs> that's not a fight. And you did win. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so we we jump on into he has uh, the fatherly website has has eight that they really wanted to focus on, and uh, I think the number one is probably no. 
uh, a secret. We've heard it before. You've probably heard it from your parents um, and grandparents, and that is uh, undiscussed debt. Um, or you could even broaden that out and just say money, <laughs> right? Uh, money is is the issue. Um, so, you know, the, the idea of having student loans, the idea of having credit card payments, the idea of having... Separate. Accounts. Separate accounts where there's things you don't know what's going on and how that 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 money got to where it needed to be or didn't get to where it needed to be um, all of a sudden can cause a lot of heartache because my my opinion is it, it, it it's a, a trust factor there there's a trust or lack of trust going on yeah I just want to talk about the separate uh, financial accounts just for a second I I know when my mother remarried. She and her husband had separate accounts just because they had estates that they had to protect. Um, can you talk a little bit about what do you feel is the only legitimate reason why a couple should have separate accounts? <clears throat> legitimate reasons. So there is, and I'll, I'll use my own. I'll use my own life um, as the parameter because that's all I can talk to. Um, <clears throat> I have an account. Um, my wife has her account, um, but she has access to write on it and see it. I have access to write on hers and see hers. So we have separate accounts that are in their name as the head, but we're able to write on it. Now, she needs to have that because her um, where she works, they have to be able to, to direct deposit, and they won't direct deposit into a joint account. Mm. like a family account they only will direct deposit into a into her personal account sure but then she has given me the right to you yeah. know i can write a check off of it and i can i can ask what's in there um and i think that's the that that's really one of the big points that i would say when it comes to 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 private accounts or having your own personal account <clears throat> if you're having a personal account because you want to try to keep something and my money is my money and their money is their money i think you're starting off already breaking that companionship because you're working together. You're going together. Now, do I believe that that my wife is entitled to what she makes? Absolutely, because she works hard for that. Mm -hmm. But we come together and we we pay the bills together because it's joint. This is this is a family. This is how we work. Um, there's nothing that I can't go in there. But this is my my whole thing on my house anyway. If there's anything in the house, my wife and I are privy to it. And we can check on it at any time. Um, yeah. And and I think that's that's the same thing with those accounts. If you can't trust your spouse to to be a part of that, and 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 know your spouse well enough to know, okay, maybe they can't manage money, and so I have to help them, and that's okay. But that to to lock them out of it and say I got to protect myself or protect my income or protect this yeah. from them, I, you <laughs> I completely agree. It is really dip. And I really appreciate the comment about uh, working together on finances because uh, personal uh, personal story with us, it, we went through a stage where I did all the finances for a while, and then it was like there's things that weren't getting done, and then she did the, she did the finances for a while, and then there were things that weren't that there were some cracks in it, and we were both we we realized we have to really work on this together, and we do have lines in our unified budget where we say this is uh, Dave's fun money we call it fun money. And this is Kelly's fun money. So in the fun money accounts, you can spend that money and not have the other person say, hey, we need that money for the kids need shoes. Um, but it, those we've got that already determined work 
out together. Well, yeah. And th- I think that's the, and you can do that and that's fine. Like I have an account that it, it's, it's called the family account, but it's, it's, it's my account and my, my paycheck goes into that. Um, <clears throat> and one of the promises that I made my wife when we got married and I was going into the ministry, I said, you know, the, the, one of the obligations of the congregation, any congregation that I serve is that they, they pay for us to live. So housing expenses come out of that. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, to this day, 18 years later, <laughs> my account goes up and down like like money comes in and instantly it's <laughs> because I'm paying for the housing expense. Um, and, and that was the deal we made. But mm-hmm. we went into it going, okay, this is the deal. But then, you know, all the other things that, that surround a house outside of the housing expense, you know, I'll pay the, the, the water and the electric and I pay the, the, the mortgage and stuff like that. Um, not because my wife couldn't, it's because that was the deal. But then, you know, groceries, my wife's covering and, you know, she's covering the shoes, like you would say for the kids, you know? Uh, and, and so we, we split those costs knowing that ahead of time, this is okay. And she knows what I'm paying. Yeah. That's key is communication, open communication between the two. Right. And she, and she'll remind me sometimes she's like, you know, your account's getting a little low. Are we going to be all right? And it's like, thanks for reminding me. I had a check that I had to deposit or something like that. Um, so, I mean, she she sometimes monitors that <laughs> more than I should. Or sometimes, you know, you, you get that. And I'll understand the aggravation, though, in the in the debt because, you know, we don't really have in our budget a fun money budget. So I'll go out and buy a book and my wife will look at the credit card and she'll say, so what book did you buy from Amazon now? To the tune of, <laughs> and and, you and did get you that. read the last one you bought? <laughs> so she, uh, she, so sometimes you know there are those discussions where you're like, okay, you know, maybe I should be a little, and 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 then there are those times, and I'll admit it, there's times where where you're like, okay, I'm gonna squirrel a little money away here, squirrel a little money away there, because I'm gonna buy a gift for my my spouse and I need the money and I don't want to have to explain to her why is this huge amount of money so so I mean there's there's times but this isn't what we're talking about when when they say undiscussed debt um, um they're talking about you know people who have a problem with spending and they have a problem where where they start thinking that it's my money it's what I want to do with it I can do whatever I want with it and I don't have to be open about this with the person that I'm living and, and, and going through life. With. Yeah. And you have two different people who have different spending habits. You know, one, maybe one individual only spends money when they have it. And another individual uh, spends the money first and then just finds out how, whether they have the money at the end of the month to, to pay for those things. So the different uh, viewpoints on how to spend money or how, even how to do a budget um, is a budget, a suggestion, or is this something that you're going to stay, stick with no matter what, where you're willing to go, well, we're going to eat ramen for the rest of the week because we've rest of the month because we've, we've uh, hit our grocery budget or is someone else more of like, well, you know, we, we used it all up, but now we, we can spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars more on groceries this month or a hundred dollars or $50. Well, they, and yeah. they say, you know, the, the national average $15,000 in debt on a credit card carried over every month. And <clears throat> you can tell where that would that would put a strain um, on on people's relationships and how to pay that off and how to manage those things. Uh, and, and it seems to be and, and the answer is not more money. The answer is not, OK, I'll just work harder and get more money. No, the answer is 
um, communicating better, um, holding people accountable, and and who who can you trust better to hold you accountable? Hopefully, than your spouse, you know, to to help hold you accountable to to what the promises are and what you should be doing. I I, I completely <clears throat> agree. Companionship needs open communication. Absolutely. All right. So uh, second, and this one actually was, uh, I, I guess I've thought about it, but I didn't really push it to its conclusion. Uh, number two, the, the, the most, you know, one of the reasons for divorce, uh, number two, believing that marriage is a cure-all. And, and uh, the only thing I could think about that was um, how many people were told 20, 30 years ago when, when they had, um, they were, they were, doing things outside of marriage that shouldn't happen. They had got um, pregnant and um, they said, well, mom and dad said we have to get married. Grandma and grandpa said we have to get married as if that was the cure all, right? Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever sat in, in premarital or marital counseling of any sort and said, you know, what a travesty that that, that was said because two wrongs don't necessarily make a a right. Um, you had you had one mistake, which the child is a blessing, but that doesn't mean that you two were meant to be together. I had couples come in premarriage counseling and saying, Pastor, why are you doing a personality check? I already know this person. Why are you asking us about our viewpoints on this, that, and the other thing? I already know this person. That's why we're getting married. And it's a lot of times when you are in that state, uh, when you are looking to get married, you tend to overlook the the faults of your spouse and say well when we get married you know he'll be different you know he's the he's he parties all night but when he gets married he's gonna sell down i can change him i can change him <clears throat> or uh, um that sort of thing so cure all i I, pre, I at first when i read that i'm like what cure all really and then i thought about yeah there's so many things that we when we go into a marriage we are um thinking that it's gonna uh fix things that really need our communication to fix rather than uh, uh, getting married to fix. Yeah, I, I think one of the comments that really stuck with me is willful blindness, right, doesn't end well. Um, you know, um, that I, and that's just in general, right? Um, you know, being naive um, and walking into something without doing due diligence is is not a, not a good way to go. You don't, you don't, if you're a student, you don't prepare for a test by not studying. And say, well, I just am going to go and, and wing it. Um, <clears throat> if you're if you're in the business um, and you want to get a job and you have to drive a forklift as part of the job, um, they're going to test to make sure you know how to drive a forklift before they hire you, um, because that's part of the job. I mean, you need to know it going in. Now, does that mean that there isn't a learning curve? Oh, absolutely, there is. Uh, and does that mean? And 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 I guess to the ladies who think that their husbands, once they marry them, they're going to change them. That that doesn't happen. But I will tell you that when both of the people in the marriage are working towards it, the husband changes not because the wife changes them, but because they want to change for their wife. Um, that happens, but but you got to go in knowing. There's an issue here, but I can live with that issue because this is the marriage isn't going to change that. Um, now that 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 spouse hopefully will realize in marriage, maybe my wife doesn't or maybe my husband doesn't appreciate that, and I can do better. And they change themselves, but but it, um, going in knowing that it's an issue is is far more lucrative for you 
than to say, ah, there's no issues. Everything's going to be fine. Um, and, and the other part aspect, I want to, I agree with everything you said. Uh, the I other know, aspect. Because it's amazing. I want to stop saying that. <laughs> um, the other thing is, uh, is maybe, maybe a um, unhealthy fascination with the wedding and the marriage service rather than the marriage itself. Talk so, about that. Let's uh, talk about that. Just believing that marriage <clears throat> is a cure-all. Like if we have this uh, storybook wedding and everything is just perfect, then everything else after that will be just perfect. Where the obsession of having a good marriage, uh, having a good wedding ceremony or wedding reception or a good party afterwards becomes more of the focus than uh, who is this individual that I'm marrying. Yeah, I, and isn't it interesting how how that obsession of the marriage and even the obsession of the ring and all that kind of stuff leads to the very first thing, which is the undiscussed debt. <clears throat> you know, um, what did they say? Six months of your wages going into a, a, a ring to ask someone to marry you. Um, you know, whatever happened to, hey, I'm going to save six months of my wages so that when I marry you, we're able to start somewhere <laughs> or, or have something or, or the amount of money. I mean, people taking out mortgages to to pay for their weddings. Um, you could see where these, the, the first two things start to blend together, right? Where you have this, this cure all. Um, the greatest thing about my wedding or the greatest thing about my marriage was a wedding. Um, there's a reason why we don't call them weddings, like the life that we spend together. Oh, look at there. They're in a beautiful wedding. We say they're in a beautiful marriage. The wedding is one day. In fact, uh, I can tell, and this is going to burst everybody's bubble who's planning a wedding this summer and they've spent a fortune on it. And congratulations. I'm happy you're doing that. And, and I hope your life goes well. But the reality is, if you're anything like everyone else I've ever talked to, you don't remember it at all except for the pictures. I remember my wedding. I guess I guess I wasn't inebriated at my own wedding. So I wasn't they, inebriated either. But yeah. but, it, but the, the the tension is so high, and and the 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 emotions are so wild that you really don't. You 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 go I back do. and I you re- look re- at things. I remember. I remember watching my wife walk down the aisle and how happy she was and how the biggest smile that she had. I remember the fact that we. We're really excited about having air conditioning at the reception hall, except we forgot to turn it on and, you know, things like that. I remember uh, the speeches that were given. So I do remember it. Um, and it, it was for us, our our wedding wasn't one where we spent a lot of money. We did go, well, you know, I'm, we're trying to be, I was just about to go off for, in vicar year. So I was, you know, had expenses. Oh, so you were poor. We were poor. <laughs> we were poor. And uh, the the wedding that uh, it was very memorable to us because it was it was, it was a reflection of us, but not a uh, monetary uh, dumpage of of all of our assets. Sure, sure. No, I, I, you know, our wedding, my wedding with with you know when I married Jen, um, I remember very vividly her crying as she was walking down the aisle, and, <laughs> and I remember very vividly thinking, uh, now she now she finally understands who she's who she's marrying, and my wife was very adamant to saying, no, I was crying because I was so happy. You know what my father in law said to my wife as he was walking down, before he walked her down the aisle? He said, about halfway down, I'm going to slow down just in case you want to turn around and run out. <laughs> okay, I'll cover for you. There you go. There <laughs> That's you how go. much confidence he had in me. No, yeah, it was just a joke that he had done. Had said. 
All right. So moving on from, so the first is, is debt, of course. And then we have, um, believing that marriage is a cure-all. And, and I think, um, both of those, the response is communication. Um, you know, God has given us a voice to speak and, and to talk these things through and to help hold each other accountable and to recognize we're all sinners. And in marriage, especially you have two sinners coming together, learning how to live with each other and, and, and pronounce forgiveness. And so, so those first two are solving air, but that leads us to the third, which is maybe one of the problems of why some of the first and second don't get done. And that is that, um, people in marriage don't speak up. Um, and, and maybe this one is a huge one in today's society. As you see, um, Women, maybe especially, feeling as if they never had a voice and now they're screaming it out in anger um, because they never spoke up and, and, and never made sure their husbands heard what was going on. Um, and I'm not saying it's just on the side of the, the wife. I mean, it definitely can be on the side of a husband as well who's, who's henpecked or soft-spoken or... Or just saying, uh, that'll that'll fix itself. You know, right. it's not that big of a deal. We got bigger issues to fry. We got this to take care of. I got a job to work on. I got a house to, to, to put together and cars to fix and things. And, and this is not such a big deal, but then it grows. It grows within and it, it manifests itself in ways that the resentment that uh, continues to grow or the unforgiven, unconfessed sin that needs to, uh, that she has done that hasn't been addressed so those are things that can build up in nature and then it manifests itself in ways that you can't predict. You know, my, I'm not saying that this is the way to go, but my dad used to always say um, that, you know, having a good fight sometimes is the very best thing you can do in your marriage. And I'm like, I always thought having a fight isn't the, but I think I understood what he was saying is, is making sure that even though you know that it's probably not going to start off very well, coming out and saying what needs to be said um, because this is what you're perceiving. And I think that's the point. It's, it's you're not trying to hurt the other person. You're not trying to <clears throat> belittle the other person. And when you're fighting, you're not trying to say you, 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 but you're saying I'm going in, and, and, and this is not going to be pleasant for either of us, but I am perceiving an issue and I have to get it out there. Um, and, and then you can clarify if it's an issue or not. Um, and sometimes the other person doesn't even know because you never told them, you know, um, how many times in a marriage have you heard or have you said, or has your wife said, I told you, I told you, I told you. And you're like, you've never told me. And they, they hovered around the topic, right? They hovered around, they tried to give innuendos. They tried to, and they're like, well, you should have been more perceptive. That's not how this works. I've told my wife that numerous times when it comes to gifts or things. I said, if you want me to do something, or if you would like me to get you something, just tell me. Don't hint at it. Don't don't give innuendos towards it. I don't pick up on those things. Just tell me. I, I do believe you're, even though your dad was speaking in hyperbole, that I, I, I recount the times when I felt closest to my wife were times when we did resolve something. It was something that was unspoken, that hadn't been talked about. We talked about it. And then afterwards... Um, However, I think sometimes uh, husbands and wives need help communicating. Like, what are some things that they're going to use? Uh, uh, tricks. To, I call them tricks, but they're not tricks. But things to prevent you from escalating the conversation. And that's where your pastor can come in handy. Marriage counselors can come in handy. Um, where you identify with your spouse. Uh, and and you, you say things like, you know, I hear you saying da-da-da-da. Or did you mean to say this? 
this, that, or the other thing. Those those little tricks that you use. I know in our our own family, uh, with my wife and I, when we're talking a, a discussion, we use hand gestures. So I use a hand gesture of I'm just um, thinking of, of of a topic. I'm, I'm I make the a sign of a box where I'm like I want to talk about this, but I'm not being the husband and the head of the family saying this is what we have to do. So. Um, there are times when that's what, as a husband, you have to say, this is, I'm the head of the family here. This is what's good for the family. And when she, she has difficulty talking because every time she hears me speak, she thinks that that's what I'm saying. Like this sure. is, I'm speaking as the head of the family. Whereas, no, I am, I'm just having a conversation. I just want to talk this. I want to figure what you're saying and, and I want to listen to what you have to say. I want to, I want to shoot an idea out there before we have a conclusion. So just things like that. There are helps and and ways so that you can keep an, a conversation from escalating to where where anger takes us. But but also, and I think this is this is the opposite side of this, and and this is one of those things that we do in faith too. Um, knowing that as as um, Christian people, we are we are charged with looking out for someone else, <clears throat> especially our spouses. Sometimes we have to invite that. Um, so we have to, so, so if you have a spouse that is naturally quiet or, or if you notice that they take and internalize a lot of things, um, it is, it's your obligation as a Christian, um, especially one who is in this relationship with them to, to do as Christ does for us, which is break the ice, <laughs> um, come and, and actually in, invade the space, uh, and, and break through and say, talk to me something is going on what do you feel towards this um and sometimes you might get the response of i don't i don't have an opinion and then you can say okay but no and just validate but no you have the right to have one and you have the right to be able to say this or or speak out against it and sometimes i think it goes a long way to to instead of living our own life like you had said selfishly where oh hey, they're just walking around with me and they're taking on everything and you become a taker instead of a giver force yourself to give force yourself to 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 open up and give them the permission to also feel comfortable in doing that and then when they do open up listen you know uh, sometimes don't feel, don't take it personally as if now once they take you up on the offer of opening up that they're attacking you they're not attacking you Sometimes they might not know exactly what to say and how to say it in the best and constructive ways, but we learn. We we eventually learn. Um, but but you know, allow that and open yourself up and be willing to to have that. Like you said to your you know your wife, I'm I'm speaking now in a way that I'm not the authoritarian. Um, I'm I'm, and I have to do that in my own because I have a tendency. I have thought through a lot of the derivations already, and I do this in the church too, where everything I say is up for discussion. And and I have to remind them that every now and then, everything I say is up for discussion. It is not oh it came down from the pastor and now it has to be no it's all up for discussion. Um, I have thought it through, but you maybe haven't had that opportunity, and you might have some facts I didn't know, and that might change what my thought is. It it is key for both husbands and wives to understand that their spouse that is the suitable helper for them thinks differently and communicates differently. And you can hear them differently. Uh, so we're so uh, quick to say uh, when we we sin in thought, word, and deed, and, and you know sin comes out of our mouth. But do we acknowledge that sometimes our ears are sinful too? That 
somebody can say something and we are in, with our ears, we're hearing something completely different because of our own sinful nature or because of our take on things. And for both husbands and wife to recognize that the person that God has joined them with is someone who thinks differently, maybe communicates differently. And that's not to say that one is better than the other or one is less than the other, but that there there are helps out there to help you communicate and bridge those that gap between you when the communication isn't there. Yeah, and, and sometimes the best thing to communicate is you're forgiven. Right, you're forgiven. Well, what I mean by is, you know, marriage counseling and going sure. to their pastor. Oh no, I agree with that. that. Uh, but sometimes, even when they do that, they need to hear you're forgiven. Yeah, um, those actual words. <laughs> you're forgiven. <laughs> you are forgiven. I completely agree. Um, so, so I, I, I really. Oh, I'm sorry. I promise I would never say that again. <laughs> it's, no, it's all right. It's, it's, it's validation that I'm right. And it's, it's good. <laughs> Constant <Regret> validation. validation. <laughs> Regret building. <laughs> um, uh, so, so number four, uh, we deal with, and I don't, I don't know if this necessarily deals with everybody, but I suppose it can deal with some people, and that is uh, troubles with in laws. Um, and one of the things that I, the only comment I would make on this, because because without having to dive into my own family, um, is I, I remind people when we're in premarital that that um, you do have an obligation to your parents and you have an obligation to your spouse's parents within reason. But, but the, the Lord is very clear. You leave and you cleave. So you cut off one relationship. Um, and, and the, what, it, what you might say, the, the, the umbilical cord of that relationship, uh, between parents and you now cleave to the new relationship and, and both parties really have to be encouraged to do that. Um, and, and, and the only story that I would give is, is beginning of my relationship. My wife, um, when, when we got first got married, every decision we tried to make as a family, she says, well, let me call my grandpa. Now that that's who raised her. So I was like her dad, let me call grandpa and see what he has to say. And if he said, no, I don't think then she would say, no, we're not. And, um, yeah, I mean, and, and that changed when she got into an accident and broke her collarbone and I went up to pick her up and, because uh, she was on her way to go visit her grandparents, and and she was there at the house, and and uh, her grandpa said, "Well, no, she's my she's my granddaughter, and she'll be staying here." And I said, "No, she's my wife, and I'll be taking her home." <laughs> and uh, it was after that he 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 said to my wife, "What does Will think?" In that's <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the in laws have to learn this too, right? Yeah, right. that's at the point that you're trying to say. I think for if we're talking about sharing personal stories i think for us it was it was also moving away from the family environment was good for us because she was very very much dependent on wanted to spend time with her mom and dad wanted to spend time with her her extended family and um to the extent that she was not developing herself like she was always the person in the background and not the not who she wanted to be the interest that she didn't want to pursue and and living living away from family from the in-laws for a time was good because then she was able to develop and find who she was and and develop herself the way that she she wanted to be well and isn't that true for for everything that that you know we have a tendency to remain the people that either our families have pigeonholed us to be or the way that we acted when we were around our families mm-hmm. and and we be we kind of stick into those roles until we are forced to grow out of them. And then we find out, you know, there's there's a lot of strength 
um, that I have on my own. And, <clears throat> and also, I think in the marriage bond, you find in the companionship that you have with your spouse that that's where you get your strength. And your identity then gets focused on, on that instead of my attachment to, to the extended family. I'm um, ready to move on. Yeah, I'm ready. Um, you know, we got a couple more minutes. We, we still haven't gotten to the very best ones, right? Um, and, and that's uh, next on the list, five religious differences. So um, that yeah, should be pretty clear. You think we're going to have an opinion on that one? <laughs> I, I, you know, my, my opinion is um, very, very clear. The family who prays together stays together. Um, but that is uh, uh, expanded out into the simple fact that that a family who comes and gathers together around the, the the table of the Lord and receives from His hand His forgiveness and and uh, receiving His gifts uh, in worship um, on a regular basis that bleeds into the family. And if you have uh, two family members who believe different things um, and they don't come together on that. You're not sharing in those gifts, and therefore those gifts aren't being shared within the family productively. Um, and if you have one family member who is a believer and another family who isn't a believer at all, then it's very one-sided. Now, according to Scripture, we would say you don't. You're, that's not in a cause for divorce, hmm. but but Scripture is very clear that that's that's going to be a challenge. Yes. Yeah. Um, the in First Corinthians talking about that, where if the unbeliever leaves because the unbeliever doesn't like the fact that you became a believer in Jesus Christ, then that's where we get the whole concept of marital desertion, where one individual uh, leaves the relationship. Uh, religious differences, I think people have been you know, saying, well, it, it's not that big of a deal for generations. You know, like, you'll be Catholic, I'll be Lutheran, it'll all work out. We all believe, at least. We, we, we all believe, believe in something. In, but it doesn't come without a price tag, and it doesn't come without, and to be of the same faith, is a, a, a tremendous blessing when there is difficulty in the marriage, when there is uh, stress in the marriage. How are you going to answer this, or how how are you how are you as a couple going to deal with a, a child um, doing something or other? And one religious denomination will say, "Well, you know, go go to your priest," and then the other one will say, "Well, um, it." Um, confess your sin to each other and be, receive forgiveness. Right. So or there's word two, and sacrament. Yeah, word and sacrament. Right. Right. So there's com- two di- two completely different uh, uh, solutions to a problem that manifest themselves. So it's always good to have the same solution to the problem. And, and I also think that this the religious difference also can play in a little bit to the fact that we we when we deal with relationships, people have a tendency to deal with the relationship by saying love, 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 love. And, and as long as we love each other, you know, we can gloss over this multitude of of everything. But but I, I usually when they're in premarital, I focus on um, relationships, um, uh, the married bond, the married bond in this side of heaven um, isn't all about love. It's all about forgiveness. And, and if, if you have two people who don't understand forgiveness or one person who understands forgiveness and the other person doesn't understand forgiveness because they're, they're of a different faith, that becomes really difficult, right? If, if one thinks forgiveness is only something that you can earn and therefore if the person that I'm with doesn't work hard enough, so I, I don't have to forgive them, then that becomes a huge burden. And, and that, that's a core spiritual religious belief that, mm-hmm. that oh, I had, you have to work to, to deserve that. And if the other person says, no, my, my forgiveness flows freely like it does with, with my Lord and, and um, you're a sinner and I forgive you when you make a mistake freely, that, that 
says something else too. So, yeah, and then the kids, you could always throw that in there. What, what, what is the, the belief of the children? You know, where are they going to go and, and how are you going to raise them? So, uh, religious differences, huge hurdles, huge, huge hurdles. If yeah. you take religion seriously. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, if you take it through, right. It can be such a, a if you core. love Jesus, then it's a big issue. Right. It's a core. I feel our, our faith is the core is, is the core of, of our existence as a marriage and, and with my wife and I, it just, if, if we were of different faith, it would be so difficult. And I, I, I can't, I just have a difficulty seeing people of different religious faith being together without that core. I, so I wouldn't I, know just, what it would be like to, to come to church without my wife and family. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then to leave and say, what struck us? What didn't strike us? You know, I, I don't know what that would be like. Yeah. And as far as leading our children in, in family devotions, like how difficult that would be. Like that could be a, a, a boxing match every time you open up the scriptures uh, because you have, two different religions um, vying for attention forgiveness like you said uh is a is a major one or uh, uh but you have to you know right. it's like we're going to read about this and we're, we read about god's love for you but you have to do this in return you're not really a christian unless you make this decision for christ you have that that's a reformed uh aspect that's their worldview then you have the lutheran worldview which god does everything gives these gifts to you or looking Uh, at the scripture and saying well that was a really good story no (laughs) that's that's true (laughs) yeah all right so number six yeah number six so um i don't know how much you want to talk about this one but uh um, he says not staying connected and and i think that comes back we've already been talking about it in my opinion because we've been focusing on what is one of the key elements of of what god gives in in marriage and that's companionship so if you are a companion with somebody you're going to stay you're doing things together now that doesn't mean you're doing all things together all the time some people can i'm but but if you're not together, if you're not staying together, you're not communicating together, walking together, growing together, it becomes an issue. Yeah, and I this would be the por- portion of our podcast where we talk about pornography, where that's one of those things where that's, that is an open invitation for pornography to enter into your marriage is when two people are not connected. Because then you're looking for that for somebody else uh, or something or someone else or uh, infidelity. Yeah. This is where infidelity comes in. It comes marching in because the door is wide open because two people are not connected. Or even emotional dependency where you have um, somebody who's married and they're not necessarily cheating uh, or committing adultery, but they re- re- they're relying emotionally on someone else outside of that bond of marriage because their spouse doesn't connect with them on that level right you're not giving your spouse the best you're giving your spouse what's left over right. i know with what with our with our kids going off to school oftentimes that's i would say to my wife when they come back when they're all tired and grumpy it's like we're getting the worst of them that the school is getting the best of them and they come they come home from high school and we're getting the worst of it sometimes that can happen in a marriage as well where you're not uh you're not saving the best part of yourself or you're treating your spouse worse than you would treat a stranger because you're familiar with them and, and you can, yeah, and, and you they can. have to forgive you. <laughs> so, uh, just losing that respect for your spouse and not respecting your spouse, or respecting your marriage, or respecting the 
the opportunity for you to be connected and to make those connections going out on dates with your spouse, making time for just you and her just to talk about things that you want to talk about rather than, well, we got to talk about the family plan or we got to talk about uh, this camp that the kids are going to or this thing that the kids are going through. Uh, staying connected is 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 important in my opinion. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. And and Thank the you. fact that uh, I'm, I'm validating I, I'm, I'm you can do that more often. I could when you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's one of those things where, you know, if we ever use or heard anybody ever say, well, we just drifted apart. You don't just drift apart. That's an intentional thing. Um, you intentionally didn't try to stay swimming together. What, and um, there's a book that my wife and I liked uh, called Love and Respect. And, uh, and in that book, he talks about the crazy cycle where when a husband and wife stop being unselfish towards each other, like you got to do things just because you, it's got to start with you where I'm going to be kind to my wife just because not because she does anything to me or because I, I anything. It just, I'm going to do this for her. I'm going to um, do the, do the dishes or something without being asked, or I'm going to make sure that, that there's a meal plan for the week, even though you know, any of those, any of those things that help the other person, in the relationship, um, that's good. That, but the crazy cycle happens when it's always about yourself. When you're you're saying, "Well, this person isn't doing this for me, so I'm going to respond this way," or "I'm going to I'm going to make them I'm going to let them know that things aren't right by I don't know being grumpy or you know or just, not doing this until they figure out how much I've done around the right yeah yeah exactly yeah. and so you're disconnecting from your spouse and then your other your spouse sees that doesn't know why you're doing it and then they're in turn going to yeah. disconnect some more and it spirals out of control so it's you're a crazy saying cycle. so you're saying that this this idea of not staying connected comes back to one of the don't you haven't spoken up they don't recognize why you're doing what you're doing you're just doing it it's it's going to produce a not being connected because you didn't really speak up and say i feel burdened or i feel i think it's more than just speaking up i think it's it's being intentional in your marriage that you are uh, so oftentimes when you're married and you have children, your energy and your focus becomes on your children sure. and you're sure. not making those making time for your spouse or your your marriage. So it, that's to, to say that I, I had a, a fellow pastor's wife from Morrison, Jen Enderly, had a, a comment on her Facebook page like she heard people say, you know, my life is all about my children. My children are everything or my children are my world and how she was responding to that and saying, no, wait, 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 <laughs> but my marriage is what's important. Yeah. My marriage is my everything. Um, this is what, this is my focus. Cause if, if the marriage falls apart, then. Yeah. You got, you got your kids with you for 18 years and then they go out and they have their own life and, and hopefully God willing, you're going to have your spouse for longer, for yeah. a lot longer and, and enjoy that. So, um, no, I, I stay connected, stay connected to Jesus and your spouse. Um, and it all blends together in worship together. Um, it's funny how that works. Isn't it, it is. It's, it's, they build off of each other. It's amazing. <laughs> it's almost as if somebody planned it that way. You know, for an institution that just fell out of the sky. <laughs> I'm kidding. It didn't. God created it. It, it was intentional. Um, seven. So, um, and I don't, differing life plans and divorce. Um, and, and I guess this is, this. like I said, they all kind of link together. Um, you know, this idea of I want to pursue 
you know, and that, that comes back down to your selfishness, right? My life is the key and the focus. I want to do what I want to do. And, and you leave the other person behind or you diverge in your path. And, and that's really not an excuse when, when you make the promises to each other to be together forever, um, you don't give the caveat, well, only in while we want to walk together or only while our, our, our common goals match up. Um, you know, that's like a business arrangement and, and we're not doing a business arrangement. This marriage is not a contract, uh, for, for a time when everything seems to go well. Um, and we're, we're aligned. It is something that goes beyond that. I, the only thing I would push back on, he, they, on the fatherly website, it encourages to have all of these things flushed out, like how many children you're going to have, finances, religion, education, religion, of course I agree with, but the finances, education, and how much contact they'll have with their family. Those things are things that need, need to be open to renegotiation from time to time because when you get married, can you do you, can you really have your whole life? I don't know. I didn't have my whole life planned out. Maybe some people do have their whole life planned out. Maybe that's the way that they work. But um, I appreciate what you're saying about the, a lot of these things come over, bleed into each other because it deals with companionship. It deals with communication of one to the other. Well, and you know, I think, I think, you, you know, there is something to be said though, that if you have, you know, an, an education, I knew, um, I knew, um, a young gal who got married and, and got married, fell in love with, uh, this guy who was a contractor. Uh, he liked to just, that's what he liked to do. And that's what he did. And she went to school and got her master's degree and then went back to school and got her PhD. And then she turns around and she's like, well, he hasn't bettered himself at all, but he's building buildings and he put her through school and he paid for all the, he's doing all these things. And she used that as an excuse to say, I'm bettering myself. I wanted more and he wants nothing. And see, we're so different. And, and I tried to, to, and, and they weren't my members or anything. They were just, a, a um, the siblings of a friend of mine. And, um, I said, you know, that's, that, that is a very selfish thing. It's good that you went and had that education, but that doesn't make your spouse any less because he's the one that funded it. He's, I mean, look at what he was contributing so that you could do that. Um, and he found it a value that you bettered yourself because he took pride in, in having a, a, a spouse who did these things. Um, and, and the appropriate response is better. I take pride in the fact that that my spouse is willing to put in the work, right, to do what needs to be done to 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 support and and whatever. Um, they ended up in divorce, and their child that they had together uh, ended up spiraling down. It, it it was not a very good good story, um, but you can see where where those life plans. I mean, yeah, they're important, but they're not earth shattering they, they really aren't unless you are going to be so selfish to to say that you your life has to trump everything else around you i i appreciate the point because i do know families where you have one spouse who's a white collar worker and the other spouse is a blue collar worker where it can work because you are communicating with one another this is a companionship this is suitable helper talking you know one one does things very they complement one another uh, because they are communicating, they are companions, they are working together. So for you to, for so don't, dear listener, don't think that we're advocating that you have to have the same vocation as your spouse or the same uh, status as your spouse, work status as your spouse. It's a, it's a something you, that can be overcome because you are together. Yeah, and and just because someone has a, a a different degree or a different education doesn't mean that they're a master of everything. Um, you know, you can have a degree in 
psychology and your spouse is a math teacher and, and doesn't have a master's degree, but they know math really well and they teach it very well and, and they're gifted in that way and it's okay. Um, so life plans, man, good to talk about, but not a reason for divorce if you're, if you're communicating, if you're communicating. Number eight, I felt should have been higher on the list, but uh, I do. But this is our final one, so let's let's make it higher on the list, and let's just uh, say say we're number eight. Let's actually say number eight. Yeah, it is number eight. It's dispute over family responsibilities, um, and uh, I think this is a big one. I I, I think this is a big one. Um, so why don't you take it away? What what's your what's your takeaway on it? Uh, just the fact that we. When we talked about how families leave one family and start a new family, not every family's responsibilities are the same. So, for example, uh, my wife grew up where her dad never seemed to do the dishes. And so she was bound and determined that I was going to help out. So she advocated, like, can you help out with doing the dishes? Because my dad never did this. And that's that's fine. However, we have to have a communication with that because if my family was different, where my, uh, uh, well, in our, our case, it worked because my mother raised us and said, your dad said he washed dishes in high school and college. He was never going to wash any dishes again. And you guys are, you guys, your future wives are going to be, you're going to be washing dishes because that's, uh, this is part of the, what makes the family work. But I understand both families had different uh, different approaches for who does what inside the inside the house, and to be able to have those conversations because that can be a huge uh, stressor in a marriage because you it's uh, two different people with two different backgrounds, two different cultures even in under the same roof, committed to one another, but also having different ideas as, as to how that works. Well, and I think that's I, I think you 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 hit on the point of of why it's on the list in general is it becomes a stressor because you have one person who comes from a family dynamic where this is how it, how they made it work. <clears throat> and then you have another person who comes from a different family dynamic and they said, this is how we made it work. And, and I think the way that you can come together is realize both families were dysfunctional. Um, it worked not because it was ideal. It worked because they made it work. Because and every family every family deals with a, 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 a degree of dysfunction, and and it is the responsibility of of husband and wife um, with their children to make the dysfunction work. Um, and and I think if you come to the table saying, okay, this is what we did, that's what you did. Here's our dilemma. What can we do? Is it goes a long way. And just like you said, you know. It, um, if we get so adamant that it has to be, I have to have the family and the dynamic and the, 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 the picture of what I grew up with. And it has to be that way. You're going to run into it. You're going to run into a problem because you are not your mom and dad. You're not your, your siblings. Um, and the things that happened during the time when you were growing up are not happening now. Um, and, and so it's going to be, it's never going to be that way. Um, and so you have to look at that and say, okay, this is what we did. And maybe what I'm comfortable with, but this is what we need, and be able to 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 fall into that for those responsibilities. Um, otherwise, you will end up with a problem because you're going to want to see something, and you're going to want to preserve something that was dysfunctional to begin with, but worked for that 
dynamic? I think it's beneficial for couples. You no, know, they go through pre-marriage classes, but just to visit again with their pastor who went, who took them through pre-marriage classes to go back and say, you know, we, we filled this out way back when, and now here we are. And, you know, we fall back into the pattern that we were maybe, maybe, maybe like that year four and a half. Yeah, yeah, four and a half before you <laughs> hit the five. Uh, another resource that people can use is uh, my brother had a podcast called Moving to a Ten, where he and his wife actually talked about you know their marriage and trying to make their marriage better. And and they did they do open up about a lot of the struggles that they faced with. Like they were they were headed toward divorce, and this is the direction that they this is what they did to help them get back uh, to to their marriage and in that effort to move it to a ten. So moving to a ten put the Link in our uh, show notes as well, um, but the uh, yeah, it's good for to sit down after you know four, year four and a half, year five, year seven, just to sit down and say this is the pattern that we fell into, and the communication, the companionship has suffered because of that pattern. So let's reevaluate. Let's have we're committed to this relationship. Let's uh, have a conversations with one another. Let's uh, be open to the idea of. Uh, someone else giving us tools and tips and and being a part of that conversation so we can actually talk to each other rather than talking past each other or escalating uh, in in anger issues or in fights and so on Um, because good marriages are worth saving yeah and a good marriage can always be made better. better